On November 22, 2004, 50 men and one woman gathered in a deluxe members-only club in Melbourne, Australia. This cohort included some of the nation's top politicians, industry executives, and a few scientists. It was an eclectic group of people with only one thing in common. They were all global warming skeptics. They believed a planetary political war was being waged, and the battlefield was climate science. In their opinion, this fight could be won by influencing public opinion. To them, the global warming debate was equivalent to an arms race. And on this night, they were ready to launch a new weapon. But it wasn't a gun or a bomb. It was a book that claimed the idea of man-made climate change was nothing but a delusion. The conspiracy climbed the ranks, eventually making its way to the United Nations. And if it proved convincing, it could destroy the entire global economy. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the second episode of our Earth Day special on climate change. Last time, we heard about the history of global warming and its devastating effects on Earth. We met the scientists who discovered the threat and offered their warnings and the disasters that occurred when they were ignored. We also laid out the science behind climate change and the questions that have been left unanswered. Today, we'll investigate several intriguing theories about this controversy, like the idea that a united group of scientists is faking their data, or that climate change is a natural process that humans cannot possibly affect. We'll also investigate if the consequences of global warming are overblown, and if so, which corporations are behind the lies? We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. 
I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd started to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash conspiracy. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. During the later half of the 20th century, many climatologists, oceanographers, and meteorologists united their voices around a single issue, climate change. Studies from each of these fields showed that Earth was heating up at an exponential rate. After several prominent publications drew attention to the issue, the United Nations responded. In December 1988, they formed the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC. This group created a comprehensive report from the international mix of climate data. In 1990, the IPCC came to the conclusion that climate change was occurring as a direct result of human activity. But this politically sponsored result still had skeptics. Which leads us to our first conspiracy theory, that the scientific data it was based on was falsified and global warming wasn't real. After all, some scientists claimed the Earth was actually cooling down, and some of the data showed they were correct. In 1974, Time magazine investigated an intriguing theory that Earth might be headed into another ice age. A Columbia University climatologist named George Kukla found that ice and snow levels in the northern hemisphere had increased in 1971 by 12%. According to him, this wouldn't happen if the planet was heating up. The article also discussed the expansion of something called the circumpolar vortex. This was a tunnel of cold, moving air high in the atmosphere. The magazine pointed to that as the cause of abnormal weather phenomena in North America and Africa, not global warming. Another potential cause of global cooling that emerged in this era was aerosols, known as chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs. They often came from old refrigerators and aerosol cans, like hairspray. These tiny gas particles reflected sunlight out of the atmosphere, which led to cooler temperatures. In massive amounts, they blocked enough sunlight to have a cooling effect on the scale of a volcanic eruption. 
If the atmosphere was Earth's warm blanket, then CFCs were like snow falling on top of it. Eventually, it would make things colder. And there was plenty of data to prove that CFCs were doing just that. From around 1945 to 1970, when CFCs were used more frequently, temperatures in the U.S. were about half a degree lower than average. A climate studies website called Carbon Brief concluded that global warming was, quote, offset by cooling from human-produced atmospheric aerosols. Unfortunately, the data also revealed that this offset wasn't enough because fossil fuel emissions were increasing faster than any time in recorded history, meaning that the heat that wasn't reflected by CFCs was growing. So yes, CFCs may have had a cooling effect, but they couldn't keep up with the influx of carbon dioxide that was warming the planet. And on top of that, CFCs were becoming illegal. Worldwide, governments banned CFCs up through the 1990s because they had a terrible side effect. While they seemingly helped fight global warming, they also destroyed a thin, vital slice of the atmosphere that blocked solar radiation, the ozone layer. A damaged ozone layer posed serious health consequences, like increased skin cancer risk. There was also evidence that direct exposure to CFCs led to immune system deficiencies and possible organ damage. As these physical consequences became known, governments moved to regulate, minimize, or ban the use of CFCs. These efforts will likely lead to an 80% reduction in emissions from aerosols by the year 2100. Still, it seemed like the upward warming trend wasn't totally accurate. This discrepancy in temperature data was enough to keep skeptics believing that global warming was a hoax. And in 2009, a brazen theft revealed that the doubters may have been right. In late November that year, an anonymous hacker infiltrated the servers of the Climate Research Unit, a group at England's University of East Anglia. Nobody knows who the digital thief was or their motive, but they leaked over a thousand private emails and files specifically from climate scientists. The fallout was immediate. Skeptics claimed that these emails were hard evidence of a conspiracy to fake research data. The crime was quickly labeled ClimateGate. The emails revealed the UK researchers' private thoughts, including everything from their opinions about other scientists to doubts about their research and the methods they used to publish alarming data. Critics believe the email trove was hard evidence that data was manipulated to draw false conclusions. For example, their graphs seemed to be ignoring cooling trends in the 1970s, and the emails appeared to confess that those temperature charts had been doctored. One scientist's email said, quote, I have been fiddling with the best way to illustrate the stable nature of the medieval warm period. Another researcher wrote, quote, I've just completed the trick of adding in the real temps to each series for the last 20 years to hide the decline. These emails made it sound like the data had been altered to fit the global warming narrative. Although there may be other explanations for the climate scientists' word choices, factcheck.org asserts that, quote, 
fiddling with the way data are displayed, even in a way that some may see as misleading, is not the same thing as falsifying the numbers. But this defense seemed weak. Phrasing like fiddling, trick, and hiding the decline brought huge questions against the researchers. In fact, one of the most glaring signs of a hoax was found in an email about trees. More specifically, tree rings. Since thermometers weren't always around, scientists used to measure historical temperatures by the thickness of tree rings, a process otherwise known as dendrochronology. For example, in warm years, tree rings grow thicker. In cool or dry years, the rings are very thin. And up until 1960, the rings in old trees correlated with historical temperature records. But after 1960, the tree rings didn't show rising temperatures. The rings were thinning out, implying that temperatures were cooler, even though that didn't match scientists' official measurements. Conveniently, the famous hockey stick graph and other illustrations stopped using tree rings as data after 1960. Critics claim this was because they proved the warming trend was fake. Doubters also believe that environmentalists who cited deforestation as a problem were in on it. They were sure getting rid of trees wasn't contributing to global warming. There was evidence of fakery in those very downed trees. But climate scientists had a pretty good retort. They argued that they stopped measuring tree rings because, after 1960, there were more precise tools like satellites and thermometers. They didn't need to rely on old-school methods anymore. Using the most accurate tools for the job made sense. But something was making tree rings thinner, and it seemed like mismatched data was simply being ignored. But no matter how much doubt circulated, climate scientists continued to sound the alarms about climate change. Maybe because it proved to have financial benefits. In 2001, a Canadian newspaper interviewed an atmospheric science professor named Peter Hylek. He made a statement that seemed to blow the lid off environmental alarmism. He said, quote, Scientists who want to attract attention and great funding to themselves have to find a way to scare the public by making things bigger and more dangerous than they really are. This echoed the sentiments of environmentalist Stephen Schneider, who said in Discover magazine that their job as scientists was a delicate balance of being honest and being effective. Sometimes scary scenarios were needed to get the public's attention. It appeared that climate scientists had a track record of alarmism based on less than convincing data. And it was obvious that scientists working on climate change were receiving more funding than most. According to a conservative think tank called the Heritage Foundation, federal funding for climate research went from $2.4 billion to $11.6 billion from 1993 to 2014. That's nearly a five-fold increase. However, by 2016, the uproar over ClimateGate had died down. And more importantly, there was a significant shift in public opinion. People accepted the fact that global warming was real. 
This was largely thanks to the fact that in 2016, over 97% of published scientists agreed that the warming was due to man-made emissions. Then, in 2020, the global shutdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic proved it. As isolation mandates kept people from driving and closed down many industries, global CO2 emissions dropped 6.4%. The shutdown showed just how much human activity contributed to CO2 levels. In fact, it was the largest mass environmental action taken in history. Unfortunately, as lockdowns lifted, CO2 emissions spiked again. Humanity went right back to warming the planet. So on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the pure, unadulterated truth, I give the fake data theory a 1, maybe even a 0. I'm also at a 1. If scientists get more funding from drawing alarmist conclusions, it might encourage them to ignore data that doesn't fit their hypothesis about global warming. Though I can't deny that the projections from so many different sources certainly paint a grim picture of the future. But it could be possible that scientists are wrong about why the planet is heating up because the Earth might be doing what it's naturally done since the beginning of time. Maybe this is just the first time humans have noticed it. Coming up, scientists might be looking for a problem where there isn't one. The internet, what would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet, with all the answers available online, there still lie scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets. Mysteries yet to be solved until now. This isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loie, your evidence expert. And I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the Internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup, or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths, or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least, not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of bug it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. And with over 95 years of experience, it's no wonder they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.
Now back to the story. While ClimateGate rocked the environmental research community, scientists continued gathering measurements. Independent observations from around the globe formed a consensus. The Earth was heating up and climates were changing, all thanks to humans. But some skeptics have another theory, which brings us to our second conspiracy. Climate change is a natural process, and human activities have nothing to do with it. One thing is for certain. The Earth's climate is always changing. A city might get more snow one year and less snow the next. Sometimes it rains in the desert. Occasionally, the same small town gets hit by two tornadoes in one year. The truth is, everything involved with climate is either cyclical or unstable, including the Earth itself. That's because this huge space rock we live on isn't a perfect sphere. It's technically called an oblate spheroid. It's like a slightly deflated basketball, which means our planet doesn't spin perfectly on its axis. It wobbles. Not only that, the Earth doesn't orbit around the sun in a perfect circle either. So there is more or less solar radiation depending on how far from the sun we are in space. And it varies every single year. Even the sun itself doesn't give off the same amount of heat all the time. Essentially, everything that goes into making Earth warm and cozy for life forms is, and always has been, changing. The effects might be slight in planetary terms, but can affect regional climates drastically. Take, for example, glaciers. Dr. Gary Steinhardt, a soil scientist, posits that glaciers naturally move every 200,000 years or so. Earth's organic wobble leads to warmer or cooler periods as the planet tips closer to or farther from the sun. Depending on the period, glaciers naturally grow or melt, changing the amount of ice and water in a region. And since water is one of the primary ingredients of weather, it can change that too. However, new data from NASA shows that while the Earth's wobble might be natural, human activities are affecting it. Like a basketball spinning on a finger, even a tiny nudge can throw off the spin. But in this case, that tiny nudge is seven trillion tons of ice melting in Greenland, thanks to man-made global warming. Greenland's melting ice is about the same weight as 20 million Empire State Buildings. But the warming atmosphere is also melting ice down south in Antarctica. Losing so much weight on opposite ends of the globe is actually changing the Earth's tilt. And when the tilt changes, the Earth's poles move too. Different regions of the planet get new variations of sun, rain, and weather. Before the year 2000, the North Pole of Earth's wobbly axis was moving towards Hudson Bay, Canada. But since 2000, the planet's tilt has abruptly reversed direction, heading towards the United Kingdom. The axis is currently moving about seven inches a year, which is twice as fast as before. Changes that would normally take a century were happening in a few decades. However, by using precise satellite measurements, NASA discovered that the melting ice wasn't enough to shift Earth's axis. Over the last three decades, all that new water only raised sea levels by about half an inch. 
something else was contributing to the change in the planet's angle. While Antarctica and Greenland were dumping water into the oceans, it was disappearing in Eurasia. The Caspian Sea was drying up, underground aquifers were empty, and there were long droughts. Enough water was missing to make the entire Indian subcontinent lighter. Combined with the melt in Greenland and Antarctica, the imbalance got worse and changed the angle of the entire Earth. As a result, real people were dying, like an 11-year-old named Yogita Desai. Yogita was living in India's Maharashtra state in 2016. On April 17th, a heat wave brought temperatures of 42 degrees Celsius. That's nearly 108 degrees Fahrenheit. Yogita's village relied on a well pump for their water, and a recent drought had left it dry. In the raging heat, hundreds of villagers gathered to use the pump. The queue was over four hours long. Yogita waited in line under the blazing sun until she vomited from heat stroke. Her family rushed her to a hospital, but she died the next day. And Yogita was just one of a hundred heat stroke deaths in the region from that heat wave alone. The summer before, another heat wave had killed 2,000 people. It was the third year in a row of severe drought, high temperatures, and failing crops. Unfortunately, melting ice caps end up in the oceans, not in drought-stricken regions of the world. This imbalance of water is just one example of regional climate changes caused by man-made global warming. And the projections look even worse. Greenland alone has enough ice to raise global sea levels by 24 feet, which would put New York City's streets entirely underwater. But global warming isn't only due to fossil fuel emissions of carbon dioxide. There are lots of different gases in the atmosphere, and most of them are produced by nature. Some of them are even more potent greenhouse gases than CO2, like methane or nitrous oxide released from swamps and animal waste. Sure. And climate scientists admit that it's normal for CO2 levels to naturally fluctuate several times a year. If you remember from part one, this was one of the primary discoveries Charles Keeling made. When plants bloom in the spring and summer, they take in more CO2. When they wither, more CO2 is present in the atmosphere. That makes CO2 emissions sound like a seasonal problem, so it stands to reason that fluctuations occur with all the different greenhouse gases. In fact, lots of gases are attributed to humanity that don't come directly from us. For example, the Kyoto Protocol listed gases produced by livestock flatulence and crops like rice as human emissions. But the increase in those gases is due to human consumption. 21st century humans eat more beef and grains than ever before. Still, man-made CO2 emissions only account for around 3% of total CO2. And all greenhouse gases combined are less than three hundredths of a percent of the atmosphere. All the hubbub is over a fraction of a fraction of the air we breathe. We can't dismiss what Swedish chemist Arrhenius found back in 1895, though. CO2 is like a volume knob. It disproportionately affects the other gases in the atmosphere, like water vapor. 
a little extra CO2 drastically affects how much heat is trapped. Although CO2 levels and average temperatures have fluctuated a lot throughout our planet's history, some believe it's a matter of when it's measured. Think of it this way. If you pour a cup of hot coffee in the morning, it will probably be cold by lunchtime, but 10 seconds after it's poured, it's practically the same temperature. So the times that we choose to compare can vastly change the results. That's true. Compared to the coldest year of the millennium, every year looks warmer. But the planet is not like a single cup of coffee. Earth's climates are like 10,000 cups of coffee, all poured from different pots. And the only time they've all been heating up in the same way is in the last hundred years, since humans started burning fossil fuels. But we still have to account for the medieval warm period. This era, from about 900 CE to 1300 CE, brought higher temperatures to Europe, likely caused by increased solar radiation and fewer volcanic eruptions. In the 400 years following that, temperatures went back down, cooling by 2 degrees Celsius or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So modern warming could be the Earth's way of recovering from the lower levels. But these temperature changes were regional. The warm period was in the Northern Hemisphere, specifically around the North Atlantic coasts. Today, the problem is that global temperatures are getting consistently higher and terrifyingly fast. Just ask the residents of Tuvalu. Tuvalu is a tiny Pacific nation with 11,000 people spread out over nine islands. As melting ice raises the sea level, those islands are sinking. 54-year-old Tuvalu resident Nozaleta Setani didn't believe in climate change, not until the ocean erased the beach in front of her home. Now, Satani sleeps a few meters from the water, and it creeps closer every year. She told The Guardian, quote, I have been learning the things that are happening are the result of man, especially from other countries. It makes me sad, but I understand other countries do what is best for their people. All I want is for the bigger countries to respect us and think of our lives. The islands are estimated to be underwater within the century. So Satani and other Tuvaluans have a tough choice, elevation or relocation. Their nation can either dredge up the seafloor and add height to the islands at enormous cost, or they can evacuate. Unfortunately, the plight of the 11,000 islanders hardly seems like a headline for a global climate apocalypse. But for the roughly 8 million people living in southern Florida, it could be a warning sign. Low-lying coastal regions are next on the Earth's chopping block. The sea levels will keep rising, and the next evacuation could be Miami. Earth's history of natural warming and cooling, even if it wasn't as fast as before, is evidence that global warming could be caused by both man-made and natural effects. After all, regional temperatures fluctuated by several degrees even before we had fossil fuels. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I give the natural global warming theory a 3. I put it at a 3, too. Even if the planet has natural warm and cool periods, man-made emissions are making these shifts happen unnaturally fast. 
the Earth can't cope with the abrupt changes that are now happening in mere decades. And there's no denying the increase in wildfires, severe flooding, or rising seas that we're seeing as a result. Interestingly, our investigation into this theory revealed a possible twist. Climate change deniers might be caught in their own conspiracy. And big corporations are using consumer naivete to line their pockets. Coming up, we follow the money behind climate change initiatives. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, back to the story. In 1988, The looming consequences of global warming led the United Nations to form the IPCC. This group concluded that Earth was warming thanks to humankind, and over 97% of scientists agreed. They claimed that serious precautions needed to be taken in order to prevent catastrophic results. However, there were still public skeptics wondering if these huge and expensive actions were really necessary. This leads to our third conspiracy theory, that corporations are pushing climate doomsday scenarios to gain a profit. This phenomenon has come to be known as greenwashing. Instead of actually changing their business, companies spend money on advertising eco-friendliness to earn points with consumers. Those points turn to dollars as climate-fearing people buy so-called sustainable products. And it works. A 2019 study reported that two-thirds of Americans think about sustainability when they shop. Not to mention, they're willing to pay more for it. Generation Z, which includes anyone born after 1997, was most adamant about their eco-friendly preferences. Going green is a big deal for young shoppers. Which means it's a big deal for the companies that target them. They can make more money by simply saying they're sustainable. The list of brands that advertise greener versions of their product is endless, from laundry detergents and light bulbs to cereal and sportswear. However, some of the biggest brands in the world are a bit less than honest about their claims. For example, Nestle, the company behind Kit Kats and Nesquik. They started advertising their chocolates as made from sustainably sourced cocoa beans in 2009. However, a recent lawsuit alleged that the beans came from farms that used child labor. To make matters worse, those cocoa farms were seemingly responsible for extensive deforestation in West Africa. 
But the biggest green gotcha was Volkswagen. The car maker ran a massive ad campaign in the late 2000s called Clean Diesel. Their adverts claimed their diesel vehicles were eco-friendly with minimized CO2 emissions. However, in May 2014, a team from West Virginia University dissected one of Volkswagen's supposedly clean vehicles and found some serious dirt. The carmaker had rigged their cars with software that reduced the emissions during government standards tests, but not during normal driving. Some Volkswagens were cranking out 40 times more emissions than the legal limit. The company had to recall some 10 million vehicles at a cost of an estimated $11 billion. Unfortunately for VW, claiming to be green cost them their green. Greenwashing isn't limited to consumer products either. Energy companies specializing in non-fossil fuels like wind and solar power also seem to be drumming up a doomsday scenario. One of the earliest examples of tying environmental benefits to products was used by electric company Westinghouse to sell nuclear energy. Of course, after meltdowns in Idaho in 1961 and Michigan in 1966, no amount of greenwashing could get people behind nuclear power. Nobody wanted an atomic plant in their neighborhood, no matter how much electricity it produced. Which is unfortunate, because recent data shows that nuclear energy might be the cleanest and cheapest alternative fuel we have. For example, France gets most of its electricity from nuclear power. Its citizens pay just over half as much as Germany, where wind and solar energy are the primary alternatives. Eco-journalist Michael Schellenberger reported that solar and wind power have fatal effects on their environment, killing endangered species because they require vast tracts of land. Even alternative energies may have their drawbacks. The wind and solar power companies behind these fuels may profit from making their consumers afraid of climate change. Even Greenpeace knows the score. This green-friendly group sponsors protests, government lobbyists, and climate research. But in 2006, the organization prematurely sent out a press release by accident that indicated how much they might be playing off public fear. The text reportedly had a big blank space that said, quote, Fill in alarmist and Armageddonist factoid here. However, there's no conglomerate with more skin in the game than big oil. And there is strong evidence that oil companies fund disinformation, which means that climate change deniers might be caught in a conspiracy of their own. This is backed by that mysterious cabal of 50 men and one woman who met in November 2004. Led by prominent business and political leaders, the Australian-based Lavoisier Group was leading the charge of doubting humanity's hand in global warming. The book they launched was written by William Kinnanmonth, a meteorologist and climate change skeptic. As we explored earlier, it could be financially beneficial for climate scientists to be alarmists. However, it seems to be more lucrative to be a scientist who denies climate change. These skeptical scientists are often employed by self-proclaimed research institutes or foundations. These organizations are largely bankrolled by big fossil fuel companies. 
In fact, it was these corporations who funded some of the earliest climate change research because they knew their product was warming the planet. In 1977, a climate researcher working for ExxonMobil went to upper management with their results. They told the company that fossil fuel emissions were causing climate change. So for the next decade, Exxon and other oil companies spent more money on research, using global cooling and other theories to sow doubt about climate change. But then, as we heard in our last episode, NASA researcher James Hansen drew immense public attention to climate research with his Senate speech in 1988. Suddenly, there was plenty of evidence tying fossil fuels to global warming. In the 1990s, oil and coal companies saw the writing on the wall. Public opinion and research was mounting against them. Big Oil needed to dispel the idea that burning their products caused the planet to heat up. Otherwise, their customers might turn to alternative fuels. So they funded a long-term program of disinformation. Since any scientist working for them directly would be seen as biased, the fossil fuel companies had to change tactics. This gave rise to private think tanks and foundations, which employed an army of climate change deniers. From 1998 to 2017, ExxonMobil alone gave $36 million to these research institutes. Six other private funds gave over $20 million each. The Koch family foundations, who have massive oil and gas interests, funded another $123 million on top of that. Suddenly, climate skepticism was a surefire way to get paid. And once those researchers got a taste of that money, it was hard to change their minds. In recent years, that money has become harder to trace. As scientific consensus proved that fossil fuels were to blame for global warming, many companies didn't want to be seen pushing climate skepticism. So they decided to make their funding anonymous. An organization called Donors Trust became an online ATM for shadowy funding. Companies gave Donors Trust their money, and the veiled account then gave it to any think tank the company wanted, making Donors Trust the legal source. It was the same technique used by street corner drug dealers, but corporate. And it was incredibly successful. From 2011 to 2013, Donors Trust and its affiliate, Donors Capital Fund, contributed $125 million to climate change denial institutes. So it seemed like fossil fuel industries were paying to hush up climate change after all. But it wasn't working. As scientists confirmed that the planet was heating up, public opinion turned towards green energy and sustainability. Big oil had to change tactics once again. As the old adage goes, if you can't beat them, join them. In recent years, big oil companies are no longer focused on denying science, but instead changing their products to fit the demand. They're now trying to benefit from emissions reduction laws and eco-friendly subsidies, essentially playing both sides. For example, ExxonMobil spent a reported $60 million on a single ad campaign about their eco-friendly biofuels. But sadly, the ad cost was far more than what they're actually spending on green energy. 
The money they put into biofuel was just a quarter of a percent of their operating budget, meaning they were spending more to talk about biofuel than to actually make it. The theory that companies are using climate change for their own ends seems to have some merit. After all, they're spending millions of dollars on advertising to sell their green products. Is it all false advertising, though? Probably not. Which is why I give this theory a five. There seems to be a lot of incentive in financing climate change denial. After all, we discussed an organization that exists solely so corporate oil funding can't be traced. They're spending millions to hide the truth about climate change just to keep their profits flowing. So I'd give this theory a seven. Well, there is a bit of good news. Money is no longer flowing to big oil. By 2019, not a single fossil fuel company was in the S&P's top 10 stocks. And in 2020, renewable power accounted for almost 90% of new global energy capacity. But the planet is still warming up. Melting ice caps are causing sea levels to rise. If nothing changes, by 2050, over $100 billion worth of U.S. coastline could be underwater. This means huge swaths of Florida, Louisiana, Texas, and the Chesapeake Bay area will be uninhabitable. If the world's wealthy nations don't take drastic actions immediately, the consequences will be felt in our lifetime. A gallon of drinking water may cost as much as milk or gasoline. Annual heat waves could kill thousands. Wildfires triggered by that dry heat will burn millions of acres and kill thousands. Only by changing our diets, our driving, and our desires for wasteful products can we keep our planet inhabitable. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Andrew Messer, with writing assistance by Lori Gottlieb and Mackenzie Moore. Fact-checking by Anya Barely and research by Bradley Klein. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. Mm-hmm.